morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be with you. Today we continue our series on the person of Jesus Christ. The only name in heaven and earth by which we must be saved. And we must be saved. Every man, you see, every man is on a collision course with a righteous and a holy God. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time and and all creation is going to stand before him in judgment. It's it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord. We're on a collision course with it. And unless we are changed to be like him, unless unless we can be like him, we'll have no place in him. Jesus is the premier person that God has appointed to save you. You cannot afford to be ignorant of him. You can't afford to be, you can't afford not to be deeply acquainted with him, to be deeply intimate with him, to know him, to know him like a, like a husband knows his wife. This isn't like, like how I know the next door neighbor kind of a thing. This is an intimate association and relationship. Amen. We live in a time of a great falling away. We live in a time where you can, you can just present the word of God to people. Just the word of God without, without anything else attached to it. And be met with contempt. We're talking about church people. Be met with contempt and foolish questioning and false accusation and even derision per, for presenting what God said. People, you, this will happen. People will call you arrogant and proud because you believe what God said in his word. But my Bible says that if anyone refuses to submit to wholesome words, even to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is proud and knows nothing. That's what my Bible says. They've exalted their own persuasion over the word of God. Then last week, last week during our Wednesday night lesson, our brother Given said that many people in the church today have no idea what it means to follow Jesus. And this caused me to, re- to recollect my own experiences in dealing with people in the church who profess to believe in Jesus, yet, yet deny it in how they live. See, he wasn't being overly critical when he said that. We're not being overly critical when we say these things. Now, I, I, I did this, okay? The following day, I posted a question on an internet discussion forum that has 22,000 members, 22,000 professed believers. I asked them, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And can anyone be saved who does not follow Jesus? And some of the answers I received were staggering. Salvation through following Jesus is not the gospel, one man wrote. Being saved and following the ways of Jesus are not necessarily the same thing, another woman posted. Discipleship and sonship are two very different things. A forum leader, a Christian leader posted. Following Jesus all the time is not required for continued salvation. Another man wrote, they have said this even after Jesus told a man once what he lacked to inherit eternal life. 
He said, sell all you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. That's what he told the man who asked him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said, he plainly told us, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Jesus said that. Those are his words. Those are not my words. Those are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I could go on and on with the plain statements of the Lord. But when we say things like, there are many people in the church today that have no idea what it means to follow Jesus, we are not being critical. They are the ones being critical, not us. We are reporting an actual condition that exists. We don't, we're not getting up here and making this stuff up, brethren. But we would rather that such ignorance was not listed, was not even named. We would rather that that, that that condition was not even named among the people of God. But it is, and we live in perilous times, and so the remedy is to preach Christ. And as long as I have the opportunity to do so, and as long as I have the breath in my lungs, I will declare Christ. I will preach Christ. Because there is no other name under heaven and earth by which we must be saved. If anyone's going to be saved, you're going to be saved. Jesus is going to be responsible for it. Go to him. Follow him. Live in him. And this is the truth that we will explore today. When Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. You can't, you can't really get any closer than that. Uh, in this in this world, uh, rather than seeing him face to face, which we all shall see him face to face, you can't get any closer than abide in me and I in him. He said, for the same bringeth forth much fruit. Those who abide in him that those are those, brings forth much fruit for without me, ye can do nothing. One thing is for certain. If you're going to abide in Christ, you're going to have to follow Christ. Jesus is the source of everything concerning us. He created the worlds and everything in it. And not only that, by him, all things consist. That is, he is the preeminent person that's responsible for the structure and the order and the consistency in the universe. Everything is held together by the word of his power. He is over all things. He's Lord of all things. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Everything that you need for life and godliness, see, it comes through this person of Jesus Christ. It passes from him to you. There, there's a connection there. It's a, there's a oneness there. Yes, amen. The vine is the vital part. The central part. Not the branches. The vine. It's the vital part. It's not what the branches do that are the vital part. It's what the vine is that's the vital part. Yes, the branches live not because they're planted in the ground. The vine was planted in the ground and it and it and the vine came forth out of the ground and 
and we have come forth out of out of the vine. We're grafted into this vine. Now, if you if you were to pick up a grapevine and 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 take the vine and take the branch and try to determine the exact point where the vine becomes the branch and the and the branch becomes the vine see there it's not it's not so easily discerned you see what i mean there's a they're grafted together there isn't a loose connection there it's 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 in, it's engrafted it's part of it's inside it's continu- it continuously flows into the vine, and the vine flows into the branch. The, the color of the branch is the same color of the vine. It's, it, it looks the same. The exterior is the same as of the vine. You would never look at the branch and conclude that it's not part of the vine. It comes from the same, it comes out of the vine, it's in the vine. You see, salvation, is, it's not found in a position. Yes. And it's not found in a profession only. Yes. But in a person. Amen. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Yes. It's in, like, like Noah's salvation was to get in the ark, yes. see. See, Noah had to get in the ark and the door was shut, you see. Amen. We spoke about Moses this morning. How God did not declare his weakness. But God declared himself as the sufficiency. Yes, See, Jesus is he's declaring himself the sufficiency when he says, I am the vine. He is the sufficient one. We're talking today about Jesus. He said, I am the true vine. Yes. My father is the husbandman, the source. He's the vine. He's the source. Yes. He's the one by whom the power of God comes to us. In Christ Jesus. Consider with me for a minute. All of the resources and blessings and realities that the branches partake of that are only found in the vine. In the vine. The scripture is clear to direct our attention to where these things are found. They're found in the vine. They're found in Christ Jesus. The scripture says things like, which are in Christ Jesus, or given to us in Christ Jesus. I'm going to list some of them for you. The testimony of God is in him, John 5.11. The love of God is in him, Romans 8.39. The life of God is in him, 1 John 5.11. The truth of God is in him. Ephesians 4.21 The grace of God is in Him. 2 Timothy 2.1 The eternal purpose of God is in Him. Ephesians 3.11 The will of God concerning us is in Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 The high calling of God is in Him. Philippians 3.14 The churches of God are in Him. 1 Thessalonians 2.14 The promise of life is in Him. 2 Timothy 1.1 The salvation of God is in Him. 2 Timothy 2.10 The blessings of God are in Him. Ephesians 1.10 We are made alive in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.22 We are God's children by faith in Jesus. Galatians 3.26 We are all one in Him. 
Galatians 3.28, we are a new creation in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are justified in Him. Romans 3.26, we are sanctified in Him. 1 Corinthians 1.2, we are approved in Him. Romans 16.10, we are reconciled to God in Him. Ephesians 2.13, we are righteous in Him. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we are illuminated in Him. 2 Corinthians 3.14, we have liberty in Him. Galatians 2.4, we rejoice in Him. 1 Corinthians 15.34, 31. We triumph in him. 2 Corinthians 2.14. We are preserved in him. Jude 1.1. We are at peace in him. 1 Peter 5.14. We have boldness in him. Philemon 1.8. We are persecuted in him. 2 Timothy 3.12. We acknowledge our good things are in him. Philemon 1.6. Our hope is in him. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Our consolation is in Him. Philippians 2, 1. Our life is hidden in Him. Colossians 2, 3. Our good conversation is in Him. 1 Peter 3, 16. All spiritual blessings are in Him. Ephesians 1, 3. And wisdom comes from being in Him. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. If you're going to have any of those things, brethren, you're going to have to be in Him. You're going to have to be in Him. Don't let any man think that he can have any of those things outside of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. They're found in Him. If someone thinks they are, they're just deceived. They're just deceived. If anyone thinks that they're right with God or they're free, or they're alive, or that God will bless them and they're not in His Son, they've been deceived. They aren't, they aren't abiding in Christ. We're talking today about Jesus, the true vine. How do you know that you're abiding in Him? When we say abide, we're talking about dwelling in Him. We're talking about re- resting in Him. We're talking about living in Him. He, we've, we've made Him our dwelling place. To, to, to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm, to be immovable, to be anchored. We, we, we sang that hymn earlier, will your anchor drift or firm remain? That's another way of saying, are you going to abide in the vine? Or are you going to abide in the vine of Sodom? Whoso keepeth his word, that's keep as in to hold on to it. Don't forget it. Keep it. We keep things that we think are valuable. We don't throw them away. Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Now how exactly did Jesus walk? He walked in truth. He always did the things that pleased the Father. He was always about his Father's business. He always trusted God and depended on Him and sought to honor Him. And he he preferred his Father's will over his own will. And he walked about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And he had compassion. And he was patient. And he was merciful. 
And he rebuked the Pharisees. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And he washed the feet of his disciples. And he was blameless before men and before God. And he laid down his life. And see, these things are set forth as our example. If if a person says that they're abiding in him and they're not doing these things, he that saith, he abideth in him himself also to walk, even as he walked. Right. If we're going to walk as he walked, we're going to have to abide in him. Yes, yes. How are you going to walk as he walked and not abide in him? Amen. That's where the resources are for you to be yes, able to right. do that. Right. He that keepeth his commandments, keep, keeps him, dwells in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Jesus said, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is in the father. See, we're in, we're in Jesus and Jesus is in the father. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If you're walking like Jesus walked, it's because you're abiding in the vine. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're abiding in the vine. And if the life of the vine, is, and, and, and this life of the vine, see, it's, it's in you. There's evidence that this life is in you. How do you know that you've passed from death to life? Because you love the brethren, see? You're abiding in his love. So what if a person is not bringing forth fruit unto God? What if they aren't walking as he walked? What if someone examines themselves and finds that there's no fruit there? And that they've been walking contrary to how Christ walked? It's not because they need to try harder. That's not what they need to do. They need to abide. In the vine, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. I know that that's a hard word for some people, That, but we're just going to believe it. We're just going to believe what God said. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Do you find that when you are tempted to sin, you give into it? Why did that happen? You weren't abiding. Or let's just say it the way that this verse says it. Have you been tempted and have you overcome the temptation? Has your faith been tried and you've come out the other end without the smell of smoke on your clothes? Has that happened? You're abiding in him and sinning not. When we walk, even as as, as he walked, it's because he is in us. And we are in him. And there is a free flow connection of life. Jesus said, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me. And I in him. Yeah. It says, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. That's where the life is. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me 
shall never die. Amen. Believest thou this? Amen. Have, have you found that your desire is fixed towards God? Do you find that you are mindful of him and that you obey him? And that when you're faced with the circumstances of life, you remember what God said and you weigh your decision with him in mind? That he's at the forefront of your thinking? Do you walk? Are you responsive to God? Do you walk in the light as he is in the light? It's because you're abiding in the vine and the same bringeth forth much fruit. And everyone should examine themselves and ask themselves, am I abiding? Or as the Apostle Paul put it, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you indeed fail to meet the test, is what he told the Corinthians in the English Standard Version. It's a good thing that we examine ourselves before the day that the Master calls to examine us. So there, there's going to come a day that the Master is going to, going to examine you. Just like he did the fig tree. Remember, he went up to the fig tree. And it had boasted itself that it was ready. And Jesus went up to it. And when he found no figs on it, what did he do to that tree? He cursed that tree because there was no fruit on that tree. Even though it had boasted itself. It had put forth its leaves. And there are many professed believers today who boast themselves and put forth their leaves, yet they have no fruit on them. Every tree that does not bring forth good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Or in a case of today's lesson, if a a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. We're talking today about Jesus being the true vine. He's, He's the true vine. That is, he's the only one that is a truly life-giving vine. Now, you've got to beware of other vines. There's another vine. Jesus is the true vine. But see, there's another vine in our day that's reared its head. It's gained prominence. The vine of Sodom, as it says in Deuteronomy chapter 32. It's a vine that connects you instead of with the Lord, with earthly pleasure. It promises satisfaction and joy. And some who are connected to it say peace and safety. But little do they know that this vine of Sodom, this vine of the earth, will one day be reaped and ripped out of the earth and thrown into the winepress of the wrath of God. There's only one true vine. It's in Christ. The only one who can truly give you what you lack. And how much is He able to give you? He says... If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That's what's available to you if you abide in the vine. That's the promise. Don't let anything sever the connection in between you and Christ. Like our brother Charles Tinley wrote, he said, Nothing between my soul and the Savior not of this world's delusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine. Let nothing between. These are the words of a man who was abiding in the vine. 
a man who was diligent to remain there. Our abiding, this abiding is a protective abiding, too. God is well pleased with his son. And if you're in his son, he's going to be well pleased with you, too. See, from early on in the scripture, we see the shadows of this purpose of God to place men into Christ. Remember, God hid Abraham in the cleft of the rock there in Exodus 33, 22. And he covered him there with his hand, see? He protected him. He put him in a cleft of the rock. Or, or as we already discussed, Noah entered into the ark. See, he, Noah went into the ark and was saved. Only this time we're facing a, a far more serious disaster than water going 30 feet over the tallest mountain. We're facing a, a, a fire that's coming that's going to burn up the elements and everything in it. But see, we're, we're baptized into Christ. See, just as God put Abraham in the cliff of the rock, he's placed you into his son, into Christ. And it, this is according to the prayer that Jesus prayed. He said that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Think about this. In light of everything that we've discussed, I want you to really think about the following verses with this abiding in the vine in mind. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlast, ever, should have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, Amen. see, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. See, once you can see this, you'll realize that there's a grand difference between what some people say is believing in Jesus and believing in Jesus. Even in the Psalms, we suddenly perceive them in this deeper way. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. And in the prophets, the same deepness and purpose is found. This is Jeremiah 4.2. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. Amen. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Think about that. Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Amen. There's a deepness. There's a clarity in these verses with this truth in mind. Amen. I am the vine and ye are the branches. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him, Amen. rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. 
And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Jesus Christ, the one true vine, for in himself the power you'll find to bring forth fruit for God above, and to be perfected in his everlasting love. Abide in him, this forward pressing. Abide in him and obtain his blessing. In this lifeblood that is flowing free, in this vine, God, we are knowing thee. Abide in him, pilgrim, and walk in his way. Salvation does more than just change what we say. It changes our wants, and it's making us able. It's the bread and the drink when we come to this table. We're strengthened and strong and nourished and bold. In this vine, you will always do what you're told. We're enlightened and walk in his light. We're not frightened, but ready to fight. We're alive and we respond to the Father. We don't thirst with this fresh living water. We are justified, sanctified, safe, and approved. In him you'll not sin, I do tell you the truth. Those inside him, they are whole and are well, and are safe from the wrath of the Lord and from hell. Yes, every conceivable blessing's inside of this vine, and it's yours if you rest and abide. In the Savior alone, this one high on the throne, will you be abiding? When he comes for his own. And now little children. Abide in him. That when he shall appear. We may have confidence. And be not ashamed at him. At his coming. Brother David has our exhortation today.